The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant. And we are here today to help you gain the skills and tools that you need to take charge of your own career. And if you've been joining us for a while, you're familiar with the show and what we're here to provide for you. And I am your host for the show, Marie Zimanoff. Today we're going to be talking about another great topic in managing your own career and kind of going along with our theme in branding that we've been talking about quite a bit over the last year and a half or so of the show. We're going to be talking about biographies and specifically uh, about executive and board candidate biographies. And so this is a great opportunity for those of you who are in those executive roles to understand a little bit more about what these documents should look like and also great information for any of you who are job seeking to understand how you might market yourself and some of the other tools that you could use to do so. So today we're excited to have Paula Asinoff with us. She is an expert on this subject, on bios and resumes, and she's going to be sharing with us how, how she helps clients identify their unique capabilities and position themselves as a players. So, Paula, thank you for joining us here on The Career Confidant. Well, thank you for inviting me to speak with your audience. Um, this is a wonderful topic, and hopefully it will give them some new perspectives and some interesting and fun things to do to advance their careers. Yes, yes. And I think that one of the challenges that we'll talk about more is this mix of kind of personal and professional. And I think it with the increase in the use of LinkedIn, you know, there's some of that that's happening on LinkedIn and talking about how we approach that subject in a more formal bio is very interesting, I think, to our listeners because it's always a challenge. So let's start just by talking about what an executive bio is and who you see that's, that's using these. Sure. Okay. An executive bio is a storytelling document. Um, it's designed to help an executive create visibility um, and also to position themselves for specific opportunities that they might be pursuing, whether, whether it's a job, a board of directors situation, perhaps a speaking engagement, or even an organization where they've been invited to join or they've been invited to join um, as part of the leadership team. So it's got many uses across that, but the primary thing about it 
is this is a branding, marketing, positioning document that helps the executive to tell their story. Um, Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, in terms of who needs them, um, typically we see these, as you said, used primarily by more senior executives and by people that are pursuing board of directors opportunities. Um, but they can be used by, you know, they can be used by anybody who, you know, has a particular need for them. Yeah, as you said, they're becoming more used, and I've even helped some individuals with them who are part of submitting an, an RFP with their organization for a contract, right, that the... the the bio that they need to send in for some of that information. And even in academia, they're starting to shift a little bit, you know, that you need some kind of a bio with your CV for some of those grant proposals and some of those things. So there's probably many uses for which might be slightly different, but people are using something similar. Sure, absolutely. And I think one thing that's important in this day of technology is to recognize that even though we talk about this as a document, It doesn't necessarily have to be printed on an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. It might be a Word document. You know, it might be the PDF of a Word document. It might show up in an internet application, like in a, you know, for a, you know, where a company is showing their management team. It might show up in an RFP application. It might show up in business development purposes. You know, it might show up in a speaker's bio. um, And it may show up Therefore, you know, electronically, it might show up in different, different lengths, different sizes, um, be, but we talk about it as a document because that's a good starting point for pulling the content together. Yes, yeah, there might be many different ways you're using it. You might need a, a short version and a long version, especially for those people who are doing speaking engagements and those types of things. Absolutely. Good, good. So... This idea of the bio, and I think it's, you know, maybe confusing for some people. How is it different from a a resume? How should it be different? Okay. The bio and the resume really do a couple of different things. First of all, um, a resume is really a detailed features and benefits document. It's going to provide all of the relevant facts about someone's background, work history, experience, accomplishments, and credentials. The bio is going to be a document that really is a spin document. It cherry-picks the executive's most outstanding characteristics and accomplishments and puts those forth to engage somebody into more conversation. Um, A second thing about it is that Um, resumes announce to the world typically that you're looking for a job. A bio, because it's applicable to so many situations, doesn't necessarily raise that red flag, especially if somebody is employed or, you know, has an issue with being public about the fact that they're looking, you know, for a job at that point and helps to minimize unwanted exposure or, or jeopardy to their existing job. Um, and I think finally, um, what's what's unique about these is that um, you know resumes have to be done in certain forms, so they're scannable, compressed, not hard to read. You know all of those things that go into a detailed document, and it makes it hard to communicate the real storyline. Whereas what the bio is designed to do is to be short, easily readable, and quickly absorbed by the reader. 
Good, good. And so when I've developed executive bios in the past, you know, there's some people that will have it more like a narrative or a, you know, kind of first I did this, then I did that, then I did this kind of format. Is that the typical kind of format that you use? Or tell us a little bit about how you typically put together the story. Right. We have moved away from the, the what I call a mini resume. Um, the mini resume has really been what most people think about when they think about a bio. And there are, in fact, um, good uses for that. Um, those mini bio, those mini resumes are really credentialing documents that basically say, you know, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. Um, but in that format, it's difficult to really differentiate people that have similar backgrounds and experiences. We've moved to a direction, and what I've developed in particular is one which is geared to really showcase the individual and the special things that that individual brings to uh, to the marketplace. And so, for example, um, we look at this in the classic marketing sense of being a positioning document. You know, who are you? What sets you apart? How are you going to be aligned with the people that you want to engage with? Um, it is a storytelling document. Um, as I said before, it's a document that cherry picks um, an executive's background, and in particular, what you're looking for in that document is the wow factor. So we start looking for those two or three or four accomplishments that really set this person apart. You know, what did they do to save the world, save their company? You know, fix something amazing, create something new um, that gets somebody excited about them. And then that is blended with some things about the specific talents that individual has, their natural gifts, basically trying to, to identify, so why would somebody want to hire you? What are you going to do for this organization? What is the net of it as to why I would choose you over somebody else? So between that personal positioning about somebody's special talents along with the incredibly outstanding um, things that they've done in their career, that blends together into this bio. Now, Maria, it doesn't mean that we leave out their work history entirely. You know, we try to make sure that we give somebody some kind of chronology through that, um, but we emphasize not just the dry, first I did this, then I did this, then I did this, but more trying to make it what we sometimes call a personal press release. Okay. I like that. That's a good uh, good analogy. And so we've talked a little bit about how it's different from the resume. Tell us a little bit about how it fits in, into the packaging with like a cover letter. Okay. Um, cover letters... Are, are an, uh, an interesting topic all in, in themselves. Um, typically, a cover letter, you know, either goes out with a resume or goes out with a, you know, goes out with a job um, application or whatever. Um, we believe at this point in time that cover letters, frankly, are rarely read by anybody, that they are truly packaging. They're part of the package. They need to be good. They need to be professional, but based on, uh, over 12 years of doing this and talking to hiring executives, cover letters for the most part are, never reach the hiring executive or if they do, 
um, they go directly to the trash, or if they're actually going to look at them, they're scanned very quickly, but they're not really an integral part of any sort of decision-making that the executive is doing. So given that, the question is, you know, that's clearly not the place to tell your story because it doesn't have much of an audience. Yeah. Uh, So at that point, the question is, how do you, you know, what, what can you give people that they might read that gives you that story? Now, with that being said, not everybody reads bios either. Um, we find that it's kind of interesting where these, these tend to get used most effectively. Um, and that is, believe it or not, preliminary to somebody getting your resume. For example, here's a, here's a wonderful example of, of uses for the bio. Let's say that you're in a job search and you have an opportunity to meet with somebody um, on an informational basis, on a networking basis, and those meetings generally go, you know, maybe a half hour. You know, you're going to meet them for a glass of wine, for a cup of coffee, something like that. Traditionally, the first question that somebody will be asked is, so tell me about yourself, you know, or so what can I do for you? You know, it's, a, it's that kind of informal give and take. And many, many people get trapped into regurgitating their resume as an answer to tell me about yourself. And so what happens is they use up of the 30 minutes that's allotted, of which the first five minutes and the last five minutes are typically pleasantries, so you really only have 20 minutes. So you use up the first 15 minutes telling somebody the story of your resume. First I did this, then I did this, then I did this, leaving only five minutes or less for any kind of substantive conversation. One of the things that the bio does is if somebody says, tell me about yourself, you can take out your bio and literally hand it to somebody over the, you know, over the restaurant table, for example, and say, why don't you take a minute and just scan through this, and then we can, that should give you a good flavor, you know, and then we can continue, you know, continue on with our conversation, which shifts the entire time, timeline to three minutes, you know, on the, on the factual historical information and story, and then leaving 15 minutes for the substantive conversation that you'd want to have. So we find that that's a very powerful use of the bio. Okay, um, good, good. Well, we are going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. We're going to keep talking with Paula about the executive bio. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Calling all CFOs, finance, and risk professionals. Your call to action is to help your company achieve financial excellence. How? Master Risk Management. 
cost control, and strategic decision-making by implementing game-changing technology advances such as in-memory computing, plus mobile and cloud deployments, and more. Where? Learn from top thought leaders each week on Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Join us for Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we are talking with Paula Asanoff. She is here talking about board bios, executive bios, you know, just interesting. Paula comes with her MBA. She's got a quite a few career credentials, so it's very interesting to get this perspective from someone who's working with people in the bigger picture of career change, not necessarily just writing these types of documents. And so it's very interesting, Paula, to hear how you use them with the people that you're helping make this kind of transition. So thank you for bringing that background to this conversation. It makes it a very rich conversation. So let's talk a little bit about what's different with the new kinds of bios that you're doing versus the traditional kind of chronological picture here. And you've talked a little bit about how these bios are, are a spin. They're a marketing document, right? They're a positioning document. They're really showcasing the, the highlights that make sense for a specific opportunity. So tell us a little bit about what that means for an individual. Does that mean that they would maybe have several versions of this, just like they might have a few different versions of their resume? What we try to do is that on the bio and the format that we make it, and I guess we'll talk about some formats in a second, is that there's a small descriptive part at the top that's, that's pretty much that's keyword-based. It's really tight and concise. And usually we suggest that it is those couple of keywords that get shifted around rather than the actual text of the bio so that it creates a lens um, even more of a lens for the for the reader to understand how to interpret what's going to follow. Um, and I think you were mentioning as we you know as we start as you started the program with your emphasis on branding. And so this becomes really a personal branding document. And one of the things that's interesting where it helps the actual person whose bio it is is it helps them really get some laser focus on who they are, and we try, to, we try to, to work with them to say, okay, if you can figure out where you really belong, you can focus it, rather than just being, trying to be all things to all people, because at the end of the day, at senior levels, you're going to be most valuable for those special talents and capabilities and experiences that you bring to the table not just a laundry list of great accomplishments over the years that don't fit together into any kind of coherent whole. 
So, it, you know, it's interesting. It works on both sides because it can be even a coaching document, for example, if somebody's working with a career coach as a way to help to elicit some of that with their clients. Yeah, to make sure that it's really packaged and positioned as a cohesive brand, therefore not not needing to have different versions, which most executives that, that you and I work with as resume writers or bio writers don't get multiple versions, sure. right? Like you said, they need one kind of cohesive brand. That's what's going to be the best for them in their marketing. That's their marketing. One of the places where we've seen that from a coaching perspective is working with people who are interested in being board of directors candidates. And in many cases, the coaching piece of that is shifting the content from functional leadership to governance. They come to the party thinking about the capabilities they have to lead an organization And boards already have a CEO, a CFO, a CMO, a senior VP of HR, whatever. Um, They're looking for people to participate in governance of the organization. And so this is an opportunity also to think through and say, okay, you know, that's not where I need to be focused. You know, I need to be focused really on the governance aspect of this. And, again, it provides a way to think that through and say, what do I pull from my background that presents that, you know, appropriately as a board candidate? So it's a lot of good thinking that goes into it for, you know, for um, people as they put together their own bios. Definitely. And that board candidacy bio then do you try to build a bio that could be used for board candidacy and a corporate web page, or those might be two slightly different parts of the document? Usually it's the same document, but again, we switch around the top section. Okay. And again, it might be if it truly is a board of directors versus a true functional leadership role, then they might have to have two slightly different ones. You know, if you're headed off in two really divergent directions... But in many cases, we find that what we've ended up putting on there, it's just a tweak of a word or two or just a tweak of what's going in the the top keyword section that directs somebody as to how to read what's coming. Yeah, or maybe the positioning of the accomplishment, the way it's stated, but not necessarily a completely different, because they're... Their good stuff is their good stuff. It might just be slightly different how you're telling the story, the words, as you said. I think you're absolutely correct about that. It is just the ability to, you know, tweak it, tweak it, tune it, you know, whatever. But it's not, you know, in most cases, it's not really I have A and I have B and they don't meet in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that I just wanted to poke at that a little bit because I have so many people, and you probably do too, who uh, maybe try to have too many different things and don't understand the value of of being able to package them into a a cohesive brand versus having these separate documents that all have separate focus er, focus target audiences and although that's important it's really still the same core brand that you're just tweaking to that different target audience absolutely and at these senior levels at the end of the day they are hiring somebody um, who's not just a collection of capabilities, but they are hiring somebody with a certain set of talents and a certain set of abilities um, and a certain kind of experience that's going to meet their needs. And that all rolls right back up into, as you were saying, really a branding approach. 
you know, you are who you are and you need to capitalize on it. Yeah, and if you are what they need, that's great. And if you're not, that's great too, right? Yeah, Being go, comfortable go look for another opportunity. You're never, nobody's going to be happy. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's talk a little bit about structure. How long are these? What do they usually look like? Are they still including a headshot? Okay. We work in what we call starting with clients with what we call the foundation bio. And that bio, when it's done, is a, is a Word document that can be, as you said, shortened, lengthened, adapted, adjusted, whatever. But we start with um, a single Word document. It is a one-page document that runs somewhere between 300 and 350 words, occasionally just a tad longer. Um, you want it to be in a reasonably good size point size so that it's easy to read, easy to grasp. Um, it has four specific paragraphs in the foundation bio. The first one is actually a positioning paragraph. The second one talks about current or most recent employment. The third one talks about the entire rest of the person's career. And the last one is their credentials. And there's a little bit of an art to this because if you think about it, we've got 350 words or so. So each one of those paragraphs is going to run, give or take, about 75 words, 80, 90, something like that. So this is where the experience, it has to flow, it has to cover everything, and it has to be everything that you say in there has to be important to the point, you know, cherry-picking their background. So that's where, that's where we begin. We do use a, um, a keyword section at the top, and that's very brief. You know, we're talking five or six words here, um, along with the person's name, their company, their title, or a tagline if they're not currently employed. If the person has board experience, we bring that up and put it as a little section right up in the keyword section because boards, by and large, are looking for people that have had board experience. So we want that to be highly visible for somebody who's had it. Okay, now, um, the next question is the one that we call to picture or not to picture. (laughs) Um, In today's world, pictures have been eliminated from resumes, and that largely is on account of legal compliance, particularly with equal opportunity and some other things that require them to be off resumes. That doesn't mean that people don't want to see pictures. For example, my, in my estimation, a major reason that people go and look at people's LinkedIn profiles is so they can see their pictures. Lots yeah. of decisions get made about that. Um, I believe that pictures on bios are an absolute necessity, just like I believe that pictures on LinkedIn are an absolute necessity. The issue here is to make sure that they project the personality, the energy, um, the professionalism with which the person whose bio it is wants to be seen. And so it's about the right headshot, and it's a headshot. It's not a photograph. It's not, you know, a a casual vacation picture. Um, It's a professional headshot um, that meets the standards of the business that they're in. For example, some of my Silicon Valley clients wouldn't know how to spell the word tie, and they, they wear open-collar shirts and a nice jacket because that's what's appropriate for the culture that they're in. Whereas New York Financial Services, you know, this is button-down suit and tie. And so, again, what I often tell people is you want to be, to be dressed as if you would, were going to an interview. What would you wear to an interview? Because, in fact, 
this is like that first impression that you're making. And so there can be different different ways of presenting yourself, but at the end of the day, it is professionalism, energy, um, appropriateness for your for the culture that you're going to be working in, and all of those things, and they all need to come across in that instant moment when I look at your picture. Um, the other thing the picture does is it makes it memorable. Think about how much harder it is to remember something if there's no picture or graphic or logo or something attached to it. So it adds to, from a branding standpoint, from a, um, you know, from a remembrance standpoint, from a visibility standpoint, it, it helps the, the person whose bio it is to meet those objectives. Good, good. Well, so, Paula, tell us a little bit about how someone could learn more about you or how they could get in touch with you if they were interested in, in learning more. Sure. The easiest way to find me is at my website, which is www.yellowbrickpath.com. And on there, you can find a full bio on me as well as information about my company. Um, and if you would like to communicate with me, both my telephone number is, is there as well as um, you, can send, you can send a message to me via the Contact Us page via email. And those do come directly through. They don't go into a, they don't go into a dead file. Okay, so, good. Um, those are good, good ways to get in touch with me. Um, and I guess if we have one more minute, I would just like to say if people do get to my website, um, there is on the article page an actual extensive article called Executive and Board Candidate Bios that people can read if they'd like to see more about this. And on the blog, there is an interview called Shattering the Glass Ceiling Women on Corporate Boards, which somebody might find if they're particularly interested in boards. This is with a woman who served on a couple of boards, including the nominating committee of one, and she talks about the bios in that interview. Oh, that's great. That's so great. So those are all so, available on the website if somebody wants to follow up on what they've heard today. Perfect. And that's yellowbrickpath.com. That's it. Perfect. Well, Paula, thank you so much. What great information you shared. And we look forward to people going and checking out your website and reading some of those articles to learn more. And thank you so much again for joining us today. Listeners, we'll be back in just a few minutes. Thank you, Paula. Thank you, Marie. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, leaders are working to transform themselves and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn, for insights on emerging trends and business innovations to help you stay ahead of the game. You'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, 
and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention live every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking with Paula Asanoff, who is sharing about board bios. And she shared some great information. We're going to kind of recap that for you, dig in a little bit deeper to some of the pieces that she was talking about, and just point you again to her website, Yellow Brick Path, where she gave some information, some blogs, articles that you can go and read as well. So just a few things as we were talking about kind of using these board board bios, executive bios, these are very kind of formal documents, right? There's pieces of them that are pulled out for different things, but it's different than your LinkedIn profile. And hopefully you heard that as we were talking about it, that these are more formal. They're part of an application process. Usually they're part of kind of a portfolio, if you will. And you know, although we were talking about it in this kind of executive or board level process, I do think that there's benefit for other people to have these types of documents, right? We're talking about whether you are a, a speaker and you're going to go do some speaking engagements for yourself, for your company, whatever that might look like, there might be an opportunity to really think about how you want that bio to look in in that written form and how you want that to look when they're putting together those materials. If you're going to be in a publication, to think about that more formal bio that you want in that kind of a document. And those might take a little bit different structure than the structure that Paula was talking about, but there's lots of reasons why you might want to put something like this together and have it ready. As I was talking about, if your company is putting together some kind of a proposal and they need a bio for that RFP, you know, you might just be letting them create that for you. I know most of the people I work with, they'll say, oh, yeah, I've got this thing my company put together. But for it really to be a document that speaks about you and to help you further your career, it'd be great to put a little bit of extra time in there and and make it something that you could use for other purposes, right? Other thing, and we were talking about corporate boards, of course, but on this show, we've talked a lot for those of you who might be in more entry-level or mid-level management that are interested in growing your leadership skills, of course, the opportunity to serve on a volunteer or industry board, another opportunity to start creating this kind of document, and then also, obviously, adding to it so that you can continue to 
get, get those types of opportunities and move up, if you will, in those types of opportunities to help grow your career. That's very, it's a very good reason to start putting something like this together and a great way to get your feet wet in some kind of board service, although it's not the type of board service that, that Paula was talking about. So let's talk a little bit about um, how you might use this document. So she was talking about using it when you're networking. And I just wanted to circle back around to that conversation. And she had recommended that, you know, as you're putting this together, it might be a great thing to hand to somebody when you're networking. I would say the benefit of this type of process when you're networking probably comes a lot earlier even in that as you're putting it together and really thinking about what are the things that differentiate you, what are the key accomplishments that you want to speak to, then you have the opportunity to think through what you might say about yourself versus regurgitating your resume, right? Which, as she said, takes too much time. You're not there to do that. Networking is not about doing that, right? We've talked about that before on the show, but really coming to grasp that networking is not about selling yourself. And so if you've gone through this process of putting together a bio that is more packaged, more focused, and, and really keying into the things that set you apart, it's going to be faster for you to say that about yourself rather than regurgitate your resume and or, of course, you could hand someone that document. And with that process, obviously, you just want to think about what makes sense for the person that you're meeting. If they've asked you to tell me a little bit about yourself and you you hand them a document, is that going to be a off-putting thing or is that going to be a good way for them to learn about you a little bit of that will go to their personality right which we've talked about a couple of times and most recently a couple of weeks ago to thinking about how that person communicates and what's going to be best for them obviously if they send, tend to be more of a thoughtful introverted type of person then handing them the paper may be a good fit for them if they tend to be a more extroverted they want to talk like to talk things out loud type of person then they might expect you to actually tell them what that answer to the question versus handing them a document so all of those different things will help us in our networking just paying attention to what that person might prefer before we choose either one of those very good ways of giving an introduction to ourselves. Obviously, that person probably will have checked you out on LinkedIn before you go, and and that's a good thing to realize when we're sitting there also is that we may be telling them things they already know if we can go and look and see if they've viewed our LinkedIn profile, then we might know there are things that we don't have to try to share and can save us some more of our time for actual networking and and learning about them versus feeling like we've got to tell so much about us. So thinking about how we might use this document in our search, you've got this kind of bio. It, It 
tells your key points. It gives a little bit of chronology. It's complementary, right, to both the resume and the cover letter. And it's kind of a brand piece, right? It's, it's a branded story of what it, what's your best stuff. And when we talk about the resume, we talk about it being what's your best stuff, but in the context of where you've been, because that's what a hiring manager is looking for at a resume. Cover letter is kind of what's your best stuff for that specific position. And as Paula said, unfortunately, not read very often, but still a critical part of the package, unless something somewhere says not to include one. But it's very specific to that job, the cover letter. So the bio kind of gives you an opportunity to do your story in your packaging. What do you really want people to know about you in a very short way, right? As Paula said, 300 to 350 characters, 300 to 350 words, sorry, characters would be very short. 300 to 350 words. What's your best stuff? What is it that you want people to know about you? Interesting that she was doing something similar on the bio to what we do on the resume, right? Where we're putting some kind of a headline on there that gives people an idea of your focus. And she had recommended doing that on the bio as well, kind of at the top having the keywords and or the the title, the board the keyboard experiences, whatever it might be that needs to be there at the top, just like you would on a resume. So people really clearly, quickly see the focus of the document. And that bio is really where you're going to pull from when you're talking about yourself, when you're talking about yourself in an interview. And then it also fits together with the LinkedIn profile. Your summary, right? You get 2,000 characters in your summary. And your summary of your LinkedIn profile needs to be more accessible, have some of the personal in there, right? Whereas the bio that, that Paula talked about was strictly professional, strictly professional, and so it's a complement to that LinkedIn profile, but it's not the same thing. It's more formal. It's completely focused on the professional. You know, I'm even seeing less and less of that last, last paragraph in a bio where it says this person lives with their family in blah, blah, blah. You know, that, that, that part of the professional bio has become less popular maybe because of LinkedIn and because LinkedIn gives you the opportunity to put in a little bit of personal stuff there and maybe because of our ever-shrinking attention spans and the word counts going down, we have to be a little bit more careful about that. So obviously still okay to put in a professional bio, but we want to think about is that the appropriate place for that information and does it make sense for the audience of your bio so we're going to take another break 
here in thinking about our bios. And we'll come back. We're going to talk about a few of the more controversial issues here at the end and wrap up thinking about first person versus third person and when and where would you decide to make those decisions. And we'll talk a little bit more about the headshot, which Paula mentioned as as we were closing our time with her. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes and finish up our conversation here around board and executive bios. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. What do business and sports have in common? Both are based on competition, and the goal of each is the same, to win. If you're in business, you need an edge over your competitors. You need to innovate and improve. You need to make adjustments to stay ahead of your competition. Tune in to The Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Get the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. The Business Locker Room airs live every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we are talking about board and executive bios. If you missed the first part of the show, go back and listen. Paula Asanoff was here and she was talking about this subject, sharing some great information about the structure and the length and how you put something like that together. And you can learn more her website, yellowbrickpath.com. She pointed out that she has a few articles and blogs there that might be of interest. So this idea of a bio, again, not necessarily exclusive to corporate boards and executives, but definitely part of that portfolio, right? And that portfolio also including the actual resume, a a cover letter for a specific opportunity, but the board, the, the bio, sorry, the bio being more of a completed brand story of this is who this person is, this is their key accomplishments, and then some of the specific things that make up that brand in terms of their 
their packaging, right? So you might say that your one of your key strengths is mergers and acquisitions or turnarounds or whatever that is that you're saying are some of your key strengths, then obviously the bio needs to include some key short stories that back that up as well as any credentials that back that up, bringing that whole package together. And a lot of times where people struggle with that kind of package, although typically not at the executive level, but if you're new to that level, you may be struggling with it, is that having that comprehensive, clear brand means that you can't include everything, right? We have to say these are the things that are really the highlights of my background. These are the things that I really want to focus on moving forward. And when you're in that kind of transition, especially into that more executive role, that might be a challenge and that's okay. But it will help to sit down and think about how you want to create that package and how you can get it across in 300 to 350 words. That's a challenge, right? It sounds like it's not that few, but when you really start to put it down, you'll see that it is. And that's the challenge. It makes us focus. So the other thing that they'll go along in that package, of course, is any kind of LinkedIn or social profile that includes more of the personal types of things. So thinking about that, I would recommend a LinkedIn profile be first person, unless it is really part of your brand to be very formal. We need to realize that a third person LinkedIn profile is putting off a brand image that you are very formal because LinkedIn is a social medium, so it's more acceptable that that is in first person. Again, you might choose to do third person. You just need to think about how that is portraying your brand. These bios should be third person. They are meant to be a formal document, and that's okay. You might make it first person if you're doing something for a speaking engagement and all the other people are using first person or for some reason it makes sense to do that. But in general, these are a more formal portfolio type of, of document that, that will be third person. Also, we want to think about avoiding some of the branding mistakes that we've talked about in the, on this show in these bios, just like we would avoid them in a resume. So thinking about your branding, thinking about what makes you different, that is not 30 years of experience, right? That we want to create a brand, a bio and a brand that offers value, that offers how we're different, and that does that right away. And so specifically when we're talking about our our bio and as Paula was talking about that first paragraph really being a positioning paragraph, that has to be differentiated. You know, talking about 30 years of experience and yes, we want to get some keywords in there, but we have to be careful not to use keywords that everyone else is using just for the fact of using them. We've got to use them in a way that's you in some way unique to you in some way an actual 
summary of your key accomplishments. And that will help by thinking about what have you actually done. And usually I would do that first paragraph last in in terms of looking through and really picking out what are your key points versus sometimes when you start with that first paragraph, it can be very generic, right? You drive business development, technology, and quality. Well, so does every other executive, right? How can you put some words in there that are more specific to you. Typically, you'll gather those words from your stories. You'll gather those words from things that speak directly to what you've done and how that demonstrates who you are. When we get into who you are at the beginning, a lot of times we get those generic generic phrases but when we put it into the context of what you done what you've done we can be more specific we can be more branded and really the idea there is just to have it be more specific to you that's a brand right and kellogg's and when we think about a brand it's very specific versus cornflakes being generic and uh, You'll see a lot of generic stuff and look at it and really think about, okay, results-oriented is really like cornflakes, but if I can talk about results I've actually delivered or put those more in some kind of context, it will be stronger. That's the key to that first paragraph, the positioning paragraph, is to think about all of those other pieces that we talk about when we talk about branding that's the place for those then she talked a little bit about headshots and and putting those on the document to differentiate yourself this is an area where our world is is changing right the legal reasons to not have headshots on there are still definitely there but these types of documents are different they are part of a package that's usually looked at in a much more holistic way, and they're expected. Other things you might think about on a, on a bio, in addition to the headshot, or if you're not comfortable with a headshot, as Paula was talking about, pictures are great, so some kind of logo. If it is your company that you're promoting, you might put a, a company logo on there. You could include logos of some of the organizations that you've been on their board. Obviously, you don't want to be careful to not make it too busy having too many logos on there. But how can you incorporate some visuals into the document? You might be able to incorporate some kind of graph or graphic that makes sense. Obviously, since they're a formal document, you want to be a little bit careful of that. We don't want, you know, some kind of flashy infographic on there. But if it makes sense to have something clear and and simple, yet very visually descriptive, that can be very powerful for you. Other thing, just looking at some bios as we were getting ready to do this session, some of the bios do have brief kind of recommendations or statements from third parties 
on them, and that can also be effective. Again, thinking about the use of the document and where it's going, who's going to be looking at it. So I hope you'll check out some of the resources that Paula shared at yellowbrickpath.com if you're interested in learning more about bios or getting a critique of your bio i'd also be very willing to to do some of those things if you want to connect with me and and you're always welcome to do that you can look at my site astrategicadvantage.com or connect with me at any time marie m-a-r-i-e at astrategicadvantage.com have another great session next week coming up for you talking about interviewing and your mindset and the power of your mindset in your interviewing success so we'll see you right back here next week on the career confidant thank you for listening to the career confidant Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.